It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. Friday's here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel, Connor Clark, and you will get the roll call in the starting five here in just a moment. Uh, shout out as we start this Friday to all of the tremendous city road crews that are making, uh, if you have to be out in this polar blast, somewhat doable. The, the good folks in Lincoln and Omaha, uh, keeping the roads clear and safe despite this blowing snow hell. Our friends in Columbus, our friends in Cardi Hastings, Grand Island, uh, all of you that are uh, driving a, a big rig with a with a blade, uh, thank you for what you're doing. If you're out on the road, be safe, be cautious, be careful. This uh, stupid snow as we come to you from Lincoln is uh, just problematic. And uh, that blowing snow stuff, the winter storm warning should end around 9 p.m. tonight. Numbers to get in, 489 489-1240, 489-1240, 800-825-5865. If you're uh, tucked away at home and the fireplace is going, YouTube, where you go to catch us, the uh, stream is there, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. Doesn't cost you anything, but can watch the show that way. Hale Varsity Radio Twitter. You can also watch us on your mobile device via Twitter at HVarsity Radio. Give that a follow. Elijah, you're uh, all stocking capped up with me. Connor, you're in the friendly confines uh, not far from Wrigley Field. I love the Pearl Jam poster behind you. We may or may not out you with, uh, well, uh, a college team flag that's also in a room uh in it's not your, my fault I no, swear. it's not a flag it's a it's stuffed animal what okay just just walk your computer over there and what are we talking about here connor th- th- was this gifted to you is this something that just showed up in your room one day uh is that a a bar behind you are those bottles so i'm in my dad's basement right now okay. because we were supposed to drive to iowa city today because I was going to do Nebraska-Iowa at Carver-Hawkeye tonight, right? For, for KRNU, shout out yes. uh, journalism broadcast. So my stepmom is a native Texan. She's from Austin. She okay. grew up there. That's where my dad and her are moving there in about a month and a half now. And so that explains why this was previously located in ah. the background of my set. Flip it the right way, please. I, I removed it. I can put it there. Yeah, here. We'll we'll do that. Yeah, I will down. get yelled at now later by the stepmother, safe. but uh, everything's okay. For those listening, it's a a stuffed Texas Longhorn. The logo of the Texas Longhorn. It's a stuffed Bevo. 
Right. And it's gross. It's at least the, the right orientation with the horns being down. I think we can handle that. There used to be a... And later, Connor, Con- Connor will put grill marks on it. I was going to say a <laughs> knife right through the middle of it, maybe. I may get evicted if that happens. So I, I got to be careful with what I do, but I can give you the horns down kind of in the background there. Here, I can even, there we go. even do that. Whatever happened, there used to be a coffee mug here in the studio that was always upside down. It had the Texas Longhorn mm-hmm. on it. It was quite frankly used as a spitter. Yeah, I know. But in like whenever it wasn't being, it was it was upside down. The correct orientation. I always right. wonder what happened to that thing. It just disappeared one day. Well, some I don't know how the origin of it. Somehow, some way, there was a coffee mug that w- was it. Just had the 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 longhorn on it. And what was funny is when Searles would come in studio, <laughs> we put <laughs> he'd put it right there where he was supposed to sit. Uh, he shot a naughty look, and, and somehow we we quit taunting him that way but i hope you're all doing good on a friday plenty to get into nebraska basketball handling success in carver hawkeye how does that happen a few thoughts with nebraska football as we love getting into nebraska football with uh you know the uh the race to kind of separate for some key positions right you have running back wide receiver and quarterback what kind of jump do these position groups need to make as you head into spring and and post-spring. NFL playoffs, we'll get that covered as well. Uh, What a great, crazy wild card weekend. You've got ball Saturday, Sunday, Monday, so we'll dive into that. Jacob Padilla joins us in about 15 minutes. Thoughts on Nebraska tonight. Creighton, their matchup against the Fighting Petitos and St. John's. Then in Hour 2, Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, the professor, is with us. And the return of Clausburn. He is back to help do the Friday forecast, and he has some uh, some commentary on Alabama. Their hire, Kalen DeBoer, is going to be off to roll tide. We'll spend a little bit of time on that, some reaction there. How many times have you shoveled today? is the question. Uh, we will take your answers in the stream or 489-1240. Let us get the roll call out. Our starting five, Brennan from the Black Hills in first. Anonymous checks in second. He says maybe Nebraska can get DeBoer after Bama fires him for going 12-2. and two. <laughs> It's about right. That's why about three guys maybe said no. Jeff Snitley. Snitley, good to hear from you, brother. He is in third. Uh, Brandon checks in. And Brandon, a big uh, fan of the show. Brandon, we're a big fan of you. Thanks for checking in. And you, Grandpa, in at five. Uh, just outside the starting five, Andrew and Tuck. Check in along with Elijah. Or Tuck. Tuck times in seventh and says, I'm always, <laughs> always the bridesmaid. <laughs> Patrick checks in as well. We'll keep him coming with the quickness. Uh, I love that. Uh, our, who's enjoying Antarctica out there uh, with the quickness? I think that is a comment from Harlem Knights. I love it. Terry checks in and uh, Ryan also checks in. So we've gone beyond five, but we're always uh, absolutely thankful for you to check in with this on the stream so connor you made the uh, the business decision to, to not <laughs> get the snowcat out and get to, to carver hawkeye arena let me lay this out here first how are we feeling tonight the line is minus four and a half iowa favored am i right there yes, yes. okay so Iowa's favored um the big 10 road woes are just 
going to happen. They've happened to Purdue, the number one seed overall. The Athletic is out with their latest field of 68. Nebraska has jumped from bubble to an eight seed in Salt Lake against Grand Canyon University. That's where Nebraska's at after their win over Purdue. Uh, Can you follow up at Iowa? And Iowa right now, you know, uh, night and day. They're they're scoring almost 100 in their wins. They're right uh, just above 70 in their losses. You need kind of an average right there. I think you got to keep Iowa to 75 or so tonight. And from an intensity standpoint, Nebraska has got to bring that juice. Can they do it on the road? They did it against K-State. Can they do it in Big Ten play? Uh, Owan is is kind of my barometer. What's his energy and intensity level like on defense? That, to me, will spell it out. From, from the jump, Nebraska was locked in against Purdue. Iowa is not Purdue, but it's still a gettable game for Nebraska tonight. I think Rutgers may be a little difficult. We're not expecting to Nebraska to, to not lose again. But I think, uh, fellas, from an intensity standpoint, it needs to look a lot more like the last three outings against Blue Blood big-name teams on the road defensively. It did not look like that against Wisconsin, who, by the way, is a two-seed in the latest projection of the athletic. Wisconsin's, I think, that good. But Nebraska just didn't seem to have the spark. Do they have it tonight? Well, let's lay it out here really fast. Teams that are worth a damn that Iowa has beaten is pretty much just Rutgers. And that's not an absolute – like, I mean, you, you've gotten a, a Big Ten win. That's important. It and just, that's, that's it, a nice win. It's a nice win. It just should be noted this is not the Iowa team of the past five seasons that we're talking about. Their defense can't really stop a nosebleed. Their offense still puts up some points, but it's a very gettable team, this Iowa Hawkeyes team. Just like a lot of teams in the bottom half of the Big Ten are this year. The question is always going to be what can – you do on the road in a Big Ten environment. Tonight, though... A little sterile, possibly, because of the weather. It was uh, was posted by the uh, the Hawkeyes this afternoon that the weather is so bad at Iowa City, they're not actually going to be checking any parking. There's no workers out doing any parking. It's a free-for-all. Because there is no parking. The, the, par- the parking lot is a free-for-all for Hawkeye fans tonight. And it said... Uh, Just slide into a spot. And it said, fine. if you don't feel comfortable coming to the game, it should be noted the game is on TV. I don't think that the University of Iowa is expecting a giant turnout for this game tonight. If you look online, you can get tickets throughout most of the arena for $1 on the uh, the reselling markets online. It's not going to be a raucous road environment like you've come to expect with a lot of venues in the Big Ten as you've come to expect with, with Carver Hawkeye. That's advantage Nebraska. The Iowa offense is still quite scary. I like Nebraska's defense, though, and uh, I think Nebraska's going to be able to put up a lot of points against this Iowa defense tonight. It, it, it might be a bit of a shootout, but I think if there's any road game that Nebraska has a good chance at, I think tonight is the night with the combination of the weather factors and just what this Iowa team is this Well, year. every self-respecting Iowa fan has found their way to the Bob Devaney Sports Center. Let's be clear, as they're, they're likely doing their own road trip uh, tonight to see Nebraska v. Iowa and uh, wrestling here. We'll talk a little bit about Polar Bear as he tries to stay perfect in his wrestling career a little bit later on. Connor, we talked Nebraska's defense. That's got to travel. They can't keep uh, uh, feeling themselves about the win, and, and Fred was very direct about that as they uh, had a two-day prep. Nebraska's offense, though, has been pretty great the last two ball games. They've shot 
phenomenally from three-point land, even right around 50% against Wisconsin, who efficiency-wise, defensively, that doesn't happen a lot. So that was a wasted performance, at least offensively. But uh, offensively, what's your take here on Nebraska? Can they can they carve up Iowa? Can they Can they keep this streak going, not only from downtown, but just their normal offense. They've been great around the rim. They've been cutting. They've been active. And when push comes to shove, they hit incredibly difficult shots against a premier defensive team in Purdue. And again, we're not confusing Iowa with the top echelon defensive squad. Yeah, Iowa's offense, as you mentioned, Elijah, too, and and Schmidt is still scary. And this Nebraska offense, I think you can make the argument, has been just as scary over the last three games. I know they lost at Wisconsin, but their shooting percentages were great. They've been above 45% from the floor in their last three games. They've been finding the bottom of the bucket very, very consistently, whether that's just from the floor in general or from three. I mean, obviously, Casey Tomanaga has been very, very good at hitting those difficult shots, but that's just what he does, right? That's not anything really new. That's something that people have come to expect in the Big Ten. For me, this is a very big pace of play game. Iowa loves to get up and down. They love to go quickly. They're averaging over 96 points a game in their home arena this year at Carver-Hawkeye. That's something to look out for. They've scored over 100 points, I believe, four separate times this year as well. So unlike their football team, they really love to light up the scoreboard on the hardwood. So that's going to be something to look out for. Nebraska's defense has to travel, as you said, you said Smitty. It's got to be around the same intensity, maybe not as much against Purdue, but it's got to be there. You can't have another Wisconsin performance defensively or else this team will make you pay. You still have guys like Peyton Sanford, um, Tony Perkins, Owen Freeman, who's been one of the best freshmen in the Big Ten as well. So this is going to be a tough game regardless of atmosphere, honestly, because you can make the argument, hey, if there's a lot of Iowa fans, yeah, it's going to be rocking. If there's not, it's going to be kind of a cavernous Carver-Hawkeye arena and that can also be just as deadly on the road when there's not a lot of energy in the building. It's cold. It's snowy. You're on a quick turnaround if you're Nebraska. Because keep in mind, Iowa hasn't played since last Saturday. And that's when they got their win over Rutgers, which was their first Big Ten win. So there's a lot of things that come into play here. I think four and a half for Iowa is a little much. But I understand why they're favored just because of the track record of road teams here in the Big Ten so far. Well, Connor, I want to get your thoughts. More important that Nebraska brings it defensively or offensively tonight because I was defense I, I I didn't want to be too mean but like only two teams this year mean away only two teams this season have failed to score 70 points against the Iowa Hawkeyes that's Florida A&M who sucks this year I'm pretty sure they have one win uh, and then it's North Dakota who put up 68 everyone else has put up 70 plus points on this Iowa Hawkeye squad their defense isn't good I think you can pretty confidently expect Nebraska is going to put up at least 70 is it is it more important for Nebraska to have that offense or that defense Well, based off of your point, too, I think Nebraska's offense will get theirs just because of that. I mean, Iowa struggled defensively, so I think it's really important that Nebraska's defense travels because of that opposite threat that you have with Iowa. Again, they've scored over 96 points a game at home this year, and they're also 7-1 in their home building this year. Keep in mind, Nebraska's won one time at Carver-Hawkeye in the Big Ten as well, so this isn't a place where Nebraska's usually just going in and winning, so... 
Regardless, I think Nebraska's defense and rebounding needs to travel. That's something that Fred Hoiberg has preached all year long, and they've shown up in big ways. You mentioned the Kansas State game earlier. They don't need to be that good to win, but they need to be a little bit around there in order to give themselves a good chance. So I think the offense is set to get theirs just because of the statistics of Iowa's defense so far this year, but the defense has to be good. The rotations have to be good here tonight, or else Iowa will light you up from three. We'll get Jacob Adela's breakdown here in a moment. Uh, the other big news uh, nationally, Kalen DeBoer. We'll spend some more time on that. Fifth quarter tailgate chimes in. Congrats to the Pride of Sioux Falls getting paid. Absolutely. That is a bold, bold decision. DeBoer has climbed the ladder. He has done it uh, the hard way, and he has been able to uh, prove it and win at every level. He is taking on the biggest monster there is in college football, that is the Alabama expectations. Would you have jumped from Washington and then going to the Big Ten with Washington to a league you know because you spent time here with Indiana in the Big Ten to those expectations in that giant shadow uh, that is Alabama? We'll talk about the move and the Washington opening. Hail Varsity on a snow day Friday continues. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out on a snow day. It's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. We asked the question, how many times have you scooped or snowblowed today? Daddy checks in. Happy Friday, boys. For the record, I refuse to shovel snow more than once a day when the temp is below 10. Well, the feels like out there is about 20 below. Uh, Crew checks in. He says, unfortunately, it's a lock tonight. Iowa minus four and a half. That's what Crew thinks. We'll dive into Kalen DeBoer becoming one of the top 10 paid coaches in college football as he's taken the Bama gig. And we'll take more of your stream comments here in the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. But, Schmitty, you asked the question, how many times have you scooped or, or, or zero today? I my... know it's you for, or zero for you. You've gotten soft in your old age. I've not been soft. Wow. I, have, I am, I am and, a lot, and Jacob Badilla with us here from Hale Varsity and Herd at Sports at Jacob Badilla underscore. Jacob, let me make my case to you about scooping and mowing. Uh, time served, okay? Time served as a kid mowing uh, a few... Lots in the neighborhood growing up, and then 
I, I you know, I always pulled the asthma card, and it works sometimes. Quite frankly, uh, do you want to do you want me to go scoop, or do you want to take me to the uh, the emergency room with uh, with bronchitis or some sort of pneumonia? Uh, so yeah, I, I was the uh, the the uh, portly kid that didn't scoop a whole lot, but. I use medical science as as my out. <laughs> uh, that said, we have a dear uh, a neighbor that that now does that has always done snow and, and yard, and that's how I go. I mean, Junior hot wired Mama's SUV and took it to work, so he's slinging pies at Lazari's right now. So my my scooper is is actually working. That was a, a lot of words to say. You're soft. No, it's not. I'm not <laughs> so. Accusations flying. Wow. Elijah's pissed because he's, what, scooped twice already? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, once was last yeah, I've night. I've done it once. I was the crazy person better. outside my house last night at like 1230. Like, I'm going to get two in, like the two inches we've gotten, I'm going to get that now, save myself some work tomorrow. Failed to consider the fact that it was so windy that that snow just got right back onto my driveway. So there was still an equal amount of work this morning. So it, it was it was brutal. Jacob, did you uh, did you scoop today? I I have not left the apartment yet. Um, <laughs> Good call. Yeah, everything got canceled that that I had on the 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 schedule. So I am waiting until everything blows through. Uh, I mean, looking out the the window, my car's in decent shape because uh, all the the snow has been kind of blown all around, all over the place. So um, I, I think I'll be okay tomorrow. Hopefully, when I need to leave, but. Yeah, for for now, I'm just that, that's uh, that's tomorrow's problem. Well, Jacob, we, we discussed earlier in the week my roommates on a snow day. So my my roommate's a, a middle school teacher. The other one's a plumber. Uh, on snow days, they get together and they play they play Mortal Kombat pretty much all day. Screaming matches in the living room. It's a whole thing. What video that's so games funny to have think you that fired? A middle up? school teacher does that. Oh, I know. These two are stepbrothers. They met in middle school, so it's like it's how they originally bonded. So they just revert right back to the, the middle school versions of themselves whenever Mortal Kombat's on. But what video games have you fired up today to, to pass the snow day time? Uh, I don't remember the last time I, I played wow. a video game. Good um, call. You're I, a grown-up. I, I, uh, I, I haven't bought a system pass uh, PlayStation 2. I still have it. Yeah, I don't know same. if it works. Um, <laughs> it's just the... I just don't have the bandwidth. Like uh, At a certain point, it got to the point where um, well, I've got other things to do, so I'm never going to get back to that. And that's kind of where I'm at and where I've gotten to. So, um, no, I was uh, I was kind of look, looking through some uh, some Nebraska-Purdue film, cutting up some clips and stuff to, to put out there for the Nebraska ball fans getting ready for tonight's game. He, he was a grinder. He was working. Yeah. He was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, video games. He's doing the Lord's work today. He was doing some work. <laughs> Jacob, let's talk about Nebraska-Iowa tonight and – you worried about a letdown, and we were discussing the offense or defense, uh, both needing to travel, but but what's most important to travel. So kind of lay out your thoughts on Nebraska's mentality tonight going into this uh, this road venue. Yeah, it's kind of it's an interesting matchup uh, because Iowa hasn't beat anybody as good as Nebraska. Um, their best win right now is over a Seton Hall team that is playing significantly better now than they were when Iowa faced them. On the other hand, uh, Nebraska has only played three games on the road. They've lost two of them, uh, and both of the losses were embarrassing in different ways. So we don't really know 
the 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 Kansas State win that was a really good win for Nebraska, but it was also a really ugly game. I don't know that either team played particularly well. Uh, Nebraska just went down there and just bludgeoned them on the offensive glass and managed to uh, get enough offensive rebounds. They, they scored enough to pull that one out. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting um, to, to see a matchup or a, a mat, uh, the matchup would be interesting to see because I, I, I think we don't really know a ton uh, about either team uh, or at least neither team has shown to this point that um, they should be like heavy favorites in this game. I think it's kind of a toss up going in there. Obviously I was got the home court advantage, um, but um, I think Nebraska is better than anybody they've beaten at this point, particularly the way they're, they're playing right now. Yeah. I, Jacob, I said back in the first segment that Iowa hasn't beaten anybody worth a damn this year. Is that too far or is that fair? <laughs> Yeah, like I said, Seton Hall is uh, playing better now. Uh, obviously, they, they scored a couple of big wins uh, early in conference play, but uh, I don't think they were playing particularly great when Iowa beat them. Uh, so, yeah, like that's, I mean, after that, you have to look at Rutgers uh, there in Iowa City, and Rutgers is also struggling. I mean, you just look at the Kempom ratings. Uh, even now, Seton Hall is at six, uh, 68, and Rutgers is at 86. And then they don't have another top 100 win outside of that. Uh, th- their next best win would be Arkansas State at 156. So, yeah, it's an Iowa team that uh, hasn't, they, they haven't really put any good wins on, on their resume to this point. They haven't shown that they're capable of, of beating good teams. And Nebraska looks like a good team, but now they have to go show it on, on the road. Jacob Padilla is with us on Hill Varsity Radio. If you're Fred Hoiberg preparing for this game and you watch this Iowa film, what's the biggest area of concern for you heading into tonight's matchup? Uh, I mean, just kind of the, the pace they play at. And um, it'll be really interesting, kind of the, the big man matchup there. Uh, ben Crickey's kind of emerged as their, their go-to guy as the season has gone on. Um and Rinkmast is very familiar with them. Those two matched up quite a bit in the Missouri Valley. And uh, Kirky and Mast were Nebraska and Iowa both recruited both of them. One ended up at Iowa, the other ended up at Nebraska. So now we get to see them go head-to-head and kind of see there, all right, who got the uh, the better end of this uh, recruiting battle here. Um, I, I, I mean, Bryce Williams, Rinkmast, neither one is 100% healthy. Fred Horberg talked about how they're kind of limiting practice reps for those guys. Um, currently, so that's always uh, an area of concern. But um, it, it starts with Cricky and then just kind of the the offensive balance and how many different guys they have uh, that can score the ball. And uh, if you don't take care of business on the defensive glass, um, y- you don't kind of uh, get back in transition. Like they can they can hurt you that way. So um, it's just kind of the the offensive firepower that Iowa has. Uh, and making sure that you don't let them dictate the the pace of play. You know, Jacob, I will, I'll get your thoughts on Creighton St. John's in a minute, but to, to kind of put a bow on Nebraska here with this squad and, and what they've done with their, their tournament resume. I mean, they've jumped into a lot of projections as a, an 8-9-10 seed in, in, the, in the latest, you know, crop uh, predictions or crop reports, that that being said, what do you think weighs more? Those Purdue-type wins or, okay, you, you have a loss potentially at Iowa, a loss at Minnesota. Is it is it the 
the the sweet moments or the how'd that happen moments that can uh, can weigh more in your opinion here when it comes to selection Sunday. Uh, Minnesota is definitely helping that out with uh, the way that they've played this season. I think they've definitely overperformed and. You know, it's not like they're going out and knocking out top 10 teams or anything, but they're winning games and they've got a good record right now. So they're kind of slowly climbing out of the really bad loss category. Um, they're, uh, they're getting closer. Um, I mean, they're 78 compound right now. I haven't looked at their net just in terms of kind of where that quad, where that lands as a, what quadrant it'll be for Nebraska as a loss. Um, but I mean, it, the, the games against Wisconsin and Creighton were ugly, but they were better teams. And they're, they're both top 15 teams on Kempa right now. So in the long run, uh, I think those losses won't be held against them. Um, certainly not more so than the Purdue win will, will prop them up and kind of be the, uh, the thing at the top of the resume that will turn some heads there. So uh, as long as they can avoid any more bad losses, I don't think the losses they have right now will hurt them too much um, to the point where it holds them back if they can continue to to add some some quality wins to the resume. Minnesota is 86th in the net, okay, just so. for everybody's information. Offensive rebound going to be the story tomorrow. How does Creighton try and corral that? It's been a bugaboo for them. Uh, Patino's got a ton of athletes. They're pretty long and athletic. Real quick, about 90 seconds, get your take on Creighton and uh, the matchup tomorrow at uh, CHI. Yeah, uh, you nailed it. I think that's the story of the game right there, the the offensive glass on St. John's side. They're third in the country in offensive rebound percentage, and Creighton is eighth in defense, in limiting offensive rebounds. Um, they, they slipped up one time against Marquette, and it cost them. Outside of that, they've been really good in that area this season, so... Uh, that, that's the number one priority is taking care of the glass because the, the ripple effects there are um, if, if you get a rebound and push it ahead, then it's harder for St. John's to get into their, their press, get into their kind of uh, zones and um, kind of switching defenses within the half court if they're in scramble mode and trying to get matched up with Korean and defend their early actions. So um, I, I think that really will largely decide it's outside of just like um, outlier shooting from either side, I think that'll be the most important key to the game. And it's something that Creighton is certainly equipped to, to do well, um, but it's a different thing w- when you're doing it against a team as good at it as St. John's is with the athleticism and size they have. Jacob, uh, find him on Twitter at Jacob Padilla underscore. Read him with HaleVarsity.com and, of course, heard at Sports. He'll be all over Creighton. Uh, thoughts on Nebraska and, of course, your man for high school coverage, uh, Metro, and uh, around the state as well. Uh, a little pause for prep action this weekend with <laughs> yeah. the weather, but he'll be back at it next week. Jacob, thanks for squeezing us in. Appreciate your time today, man. Stay warm, guys. You too. Appreciate you. There he is, Jacob Padilla. We'll hit some football next. All right, would you challenge that legend status if you're Kalen DeBoer? He's heading to Titletown. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? We're not pointing you yet. On Hail Varsity Radio. Back to you, enjoying the snow day. Hope you're well. Hail Varsity, powered by... Cornhead logger, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Cotter Clark, as we've hit plenty of Nebraska basketball, we'll switch to some football here, 489-1240 or 800-825-5865. can find us in the stream, Hail Varsity YouTube, Hail Varsity Radio, Twitter at HVarsity Radio, at Schmidt underscore radios, my Twitter, slash X, at Herbal Essence for Elijah, at uh, C underscore Clark underscore 27 for Connor Clark. As you see, uh, if you're watching on the Stream Hail Varsity YouTube channel, that upside down, horns down, Bevo stuffed animal is behind Connor's right shoulder. So uh, we outed him that, yeah, there's uh, there's Texas paraphernalia in his uh, step family's room, but at least he did the right thing. Reminder to buckle up, use your seatbelt. It saves lives. It prevents injuries. Only if properly worn, make it click. A message from the NDOT, Highway Safety Office. Put yourself in DeBoer's shoes. $4.2 million a year at Washington. You just went to the playoff. You're about ready to move to the Big Ten. You're losing a ton of your roster. There's been overtures uh, to... Maybe go another direction or a familiar direction if you're Greg Byrne in Alabama, the AD. And uh, he was no doubt one of the three names on that list. And uh, he'll be a top 10 highest paid coach. Would you take on the task of trying to follow such a legend like Nick Saban? 17 years, six national championships. It's playoff or bust. It's quite frankly title or bust. And that Bama squad sounds like and looks like most of the dudes are are hitting the portal. Would you make that decision? Or would you, air quote, try and stay comfortable at Washington going into a league you're familiar with because you spent two and a half, three years there in the Big Ten at Indiana? This isn't who or what Kalen DeBoer is. He's a competitor, and he has started from the ground floor with his career. Not only at Sioux Falls as a, as a really talented player, but also just his coaching journey with earning every inch of it and winning at an incredible level everywhere he's been. And you leave the comfort of a guy that's cranking out 66-3 and records at Sioux Falls to make that jump to a Southern Illinois and then go to a Fresno. And then you're found by Indiana. And you kind of help raise that Indiana program offensively. And then you go back to Fresno for a year. You really win a ton of ball games, kind of resurrect Fresno from the Pat Hill era. Then you go to Washington, kill it there. And now you're saying, bring it. I'm going to Alabama. I'm not blinking at the expectations. I say good on him, and I hope it works out for him. Listen, Bama's a squad that, with the 12-team playoff and his offensive ingenuity and his ability to do well with quarterbacks, he should be okay but is it going to be at the level, fellas, to get in that 12-team playoff? I don't think Bama fans are expecting a national championship every three years, but, but 
every fourth year, Saban had won a title with kids that were still on the team. Saban wasn't doing that. It had been a, a title drought, and I'm not knocking it. It was just what they turned into uh, with their transition and turnover with assistants. Uh, and the guys you do keep uh, are going to the NFL early because they're, they're that good. So it's going to be pretty fascinating to see. And it's, it's gutsy. You've got a handful of coaches that have played for national championships and followed legends. Jimbo Fisher won a title after Bobby Bowden. Uh, you look at Tom Osborne. We'll talk to Bill Dolman here in a little bit about that uh, with what Frank Solich walked into after T.O. And then, of course, T.O. followed Devaney. But there's a really short list of dudes that went and took uh, really high-profile jobs with even higher expectations. I commend him for doing it. And I don't know that it's going to work out because no one's going to replicate what Saban did. It's a new era, new world, new world order with NIL and the portal. That'll maybe get cleaned up a little bit here. But this is a good hire, and he's done well. But put yourself in his shoes. Would you make the jump, or would you have stayed in Washington? Absolutely, I'm making the jump. Same here, because this is his DNA. It's his DNA. Look at his winning percentage. I don't think... And it's not inherited winning. I mean, this isn't him going, and I'm not knocking Urban, but Urban stepped into good programs, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, programs that weren't, weren't hitting the 11, 12, 10 win total, and they should have been. This is a guy who's kind of made his own way. So I, I'm with you. I, 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 I tip my cap to him. And I don't think Washington's a place that you were going to be able to lead them to a college football playoff, even in the 12-team playoff, year in, year out. You could, no. probably, you could probably get there a decent amount. That, that's not the type of program that can be elite year after year after year. They're going to have to have rebuilding years. Next year was probably going to be a rebuilding year. They were recruiting year. 36th in the country just last year's class. Exactly. And they, they developed well. Exactly. So you're going to take your success and parlay it into a job where you can find sustained success. Bama is still going to be a job that – with the recruiting down there, with the resources that you have, you should be able to make it to a college football playoff year in, year out in the 12-team system. And, hey, let's not forget, you're also going to have a guy behind the scenes in Nick Saban that's one of the greatest coaches to ever do it, assisting you, mentoring you, helping you at least for a couple years. If you think Nick Saban's going to step away completely, you're crazy. He's, nope. he's not built like that. He's going to be in, in Kalen DeBoer's corner helping him out, making sure that transition goes well. This is a move that makes a lot of sense for DeBoer. It's a great time for him to make the move. He's going to a great spot. Yeah, there's going to be expectations, but I don't think DeBoer's the guy that shies away from expectations. He has the same expectations that the fans are going to have. So it's a great yeah, I, move for him. I, I agree. I, th- I don't think there is a better time for him to make this move. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the path that he's been on. He's made his own way. Yeah, if you're at Washington, you're joining the Big Ten, you have pretty good stability in that realm, but are you going to be as consistent as you can be at Alabama? Time will tell, but probably not. And he's not going to Alabama to be Nick Saban too. That's next to impossible. And it, I think, it is, I think everybody win, realizes win that. Win total-wise, it needs to look similar. <laughs> it does need to look similar. I just think, and to Elijah's point, it's got to be consistent playoff. Give yourself a chance to be in that national title contention or be in that national title contention year after year. He's not going to be Nick Saban again. Nobody's going to be Nick Saban again. But the fact that he's going into that situation now, 
I think is the perfect time for DeBoer to make that move. Really good decision by him. It sucks to see him leave Washington because I had a great time watching Washington this year. But that's only going to elevate, obviously, his coaching stature. It's going to be really interesting to see what he can do with the Crimson Tide in the next coming years. Well, you had Lanning and Sark put out videos that I'm staying put. And, and that, it, it that's make pretty as, daunting. It doesn't make as much sense for those guys because those guys are in spots where they have the resources and interest in order to have year-in, year-out college football playoff aspirations. Yes. Washington doesn't have it. That's what set I'm happy Lanning staying. No, Lanning, well, yeah, and it's going to be pretty fascinating to see Lanning in the Big Ten with his SEC style of play. Uh, but, yeah, this, this is, you know, the bombshell midweek uh, with Saban stepping away. And, you know, the reports say it was five minutes before his team meeting that he finally decided to do so. Uh, And now where does Washington go? We'll play the coaching carousel game, uh, the following of a legend topic. Bill Dolman with us in a bit. How does Nash do tonight? We'll check on that next. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this first hour, it's Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, Bill Dolman, 10 minutes away, Clodsburn, Friday forecast, coming up at 540, 489-1240 or 800-825-5865. Pretty excited tonight, and uh, folks are going to make their way to the Bob Devaney Sports Center Six o'clock, you've got uh, Nebraska, Coach Manning, his incredible team set to take on uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes. It was so much fun to spend time with Coach Manning earlier this week, and he dropped the nugget that the polar bear is back on the mat. Uh, That's incredible. There's been a ton of buzz that way. I know Matt Rule was pretty fired up. He's enjoyed watching between wrestling and a court storming. He's had a, a good week of checking things out on top of what he's done in the portal. But uh, my brother-in-law, Uncle Andy, going to be there. I presume Iowa Russ going to get his uh, Iditarod sled out and mush all the way to the Devaney Center. And you know what? It's going to be a packed house, a great atmosphere, or at least a, a raucous environment, uh, packed uh, relative term because of, of the weather. But, man, I mean, there's a buzz with Iowa, always with wrestling and there's a consistent buzz with Nebraska wrestling, not only because of what Mark Manning and his wrestlers do year in, year out, but you factor in the uh, the, the Nash factor, Elijah and Connor, and it, it's going to be pretty fascinating to check out tonight. Do you really think the polar bear is going to lose in blizzard-like conditions? I do not. I hope not. <laughs> do you really? You think? better walk to well, the Bob tonight. What? what well, uh, shirtless, yes. Yeah, come <laughs> I mean, on. How, how does someone accumulate i mean the answer is just straight ass kicking but you're 167 and 0 you've never lost ever uh you've pinned folks they've screamed for mercy and uh they can't go nowhere i mean is nash's strength gonna start rivaling the the legends we hear of indomitian sue and his strength i mean it feels like it's reaching that point like you talk like that that's an astounding record but you watch and High school's a different level, but then he does it against Wyoming, too. He is just so much stronger mm-hmm. than anyone he faces, whether it be a Big Ten offensive lineman, whether it be a Wyoming wrestler, whether it be some poor 15-year-old in the state of South Dakota who has to, uh, to show up to his high school wrestling mean, oh, my God, I'm, I'm wrestling the polar bear. Whoever Nash has gone against, it feels like Nash can just overwhelm them with overwhelming strength. Does that continue against Iowa, against Big Ten wrestlers? 
into a potential professional football career. I don't know, but like he's got that kind of just supernatural strength that it feels like <laughs> yeah. we haven't talked about Big since a guy like Indomitian Sue. Well, and I, I would not wrestle Sue first and foremost because it would end poorly. But but secondly, like it, it, Sue's temper, man. <laughs> You uh, you start you start working Sue uh, like some have done on the basketball court, uh, and, and and he gets a little uh, Detroit Pistons uh, late eighties on you. Or imagine being able to hold your own wrestling Sue. I mean, he may just pick you up and slam you on your head. The temper factor. If it's not going your way, how do you stay composed, right? In in the world of wrestling. So. It almost gives Sue the edge, honestly, in a wrestling match, the temper factor. Well, if but he the, loses it. But there are rules. <laughs> I know. I know there are rules. But if he stays within those rules, if, I'm just saying. Yeah. I know he didn't do that in the NFL very many times. Well, but. I'm just talking some stories from, from, you know, pickup ball where the football team was playing others and, and it didn't go well. <laughs> All right, who's got Indomitian here? No one raises their hand. <laughs> it, it, was a, it was a bad deal. Uh, hour two on the way. It's Hale Varsity, and we're powered by Cornhead Lager. Bill Dolman coming up. He's the pride of Fairbury, an average Joe. Bill Dolman, the professor. I had a 6 ACT in 1967. One time I got an A and my grandma beat me for cheating. Now with Hale Varsity Radio. Hour two is here. It's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Cotter Clark, Bill Dolman. Dare I say in sunny Florida? Still? Still down south. Gosh, you're smart. Yeah. You are yeah, smart. I, I had to put the sweatshirt on because it's a little cold in here with the air conditioning on. So. Hey, oh, wow. You want me to show you the... Uh, Unbelievable. The... the uh, not quite the body double, but the uh, the landscape double of the Empire Strikes Back. It's outside. Uh, there's a tauntaun that just went by the studio as I was in uh, a bathroom break. Because I crawled inside for warmth. You had to. <laughs> Bill Dolman with us. And Pride of Fairbury, it's been a week. Nebraska takes down Purdue. Nebraska has a chance to follow up against Iowa. It's polar bear weather. And it's polar bear uh, showdown tonight as uh, Natch Hudmacher and Nebraska Wrestling hooks up with Iowa. Kalen DeBoer, uh, the pride of Sioux Falls, is off to uh, Alabama. And, uh, you know, the Saban news, the uh, Bill Belichick news, it's been uh, incredible. So I want to start, though, with the, the topic of following a legend. We'll get your take on hoops and in wrestling, too. But just De- DeBoer. Going to Bama, uh, you, you know the relationship that that Osborne and, and McBride have had with Saban in his career. As Saban's really continued to grow every stop he made as a coach, but just DeBoer taking this this jump with these expectations, Devaney, Osborne, and then after after To, of course, you were around when when Frank took the reins. What is it going to take and how how trying do you believe this decision might have been or was it an easy take for DeBoer given his track record now you're muted brother oh no the mic has been disconnected on Bill's end oh no we are going to get incredible insight here and I'm throwing out every lesson you taught me this semester wow just because of that 
He can't even defend himself. I know. Uh, I'll get yelled at later this month. <laughs> oh, oh, there he is. There, there we go. It was you all saw it's all connected. I, I don't know what's going on. It's the weather on your. It's seventy six degrees here, yeah, so it's st- not my stop, problem. Stop that right now. <laughs> okay. So whatever weather you got going on that's messing with my microphone, I'm going to blame blame the weather. But you know, I, I think with with Kalen DeBoer, there's a couple of things, especially with that job, because they, they've had a couple of instances where they've had legends. Um, and they've had to replace them on two occasions. Uh, certainly Bear Bryant was replaced by Ray Perkins, who was an Alabama guy, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, Perkins had mediocre success. I think maybe, um, I can't remember who followed him, but then they had Gene Stallings come in, another Alabama guy, and and won a national championship. Stallings retired, and then they went with another Alabama guy in Mike DeBose, and the results were, were disastrous, right? Probation. Uh, you know, yeah, and and so that was bad. And then they went from I've got it down uh, from Mike, Mike DeBose to Dennis Francione. We all remember the Mike Price era. Yeah. Um, Put it Mike on the Shula. card, honey. <laughs> Mike Shula, and of course Mike Price never coached a game there. Joe Kynes was the interim who replaced uh, Shula, and then Saban took over. So they've, they've gone the route of replacing Alabama legends, and it's tough to put Gene Stallings in the same class with Bear Bryant, but he did win a national title and did have a lot of success. But replacing him with Mike DeBose because he had Alabama ties was disastrous. The thing that I think you and I, Schmitty, agree, we talked about this on the Average Joe Sports Show podcast the other day, is the demeanor of Kalen DeBoer I think is what's significant. Uh, and he's, it's the rise that he has has been meteoric. If you really look back at the last probably six years, to go from Sioux Falls, where he like lost three games in five years, to Indiana for a uh, cup of coffee, Fresno State for a bigger cup of coffee, a venti, and then he goes to <laughs> Seattle, where he has, well, I guess how appropriate to go to Seattle and and you know sticks around the coffee shop for two years, and now he's gone. But he's 49 years old, and I think that people got a chance to know him over the last few weeks leading up to the national championship game, that he has a demeanor that is very Midwestern. I don't think the situation gets too high for him. I don't think it gets too low for him. I think the national championship game was too big for his team, but I'm not sure it was for him. So I think the demeanor that he will bring to Alabama is such that this job within his personality is not going to overwhelm him. I think he has confidence that he can get the job done. I would imagine that his staff, although they've talked about the offensive coordinator staying back in Seattle and becoming the head coach, but if his staff stays with him and they can continue the operations as they have over the last few years from Fresno to Washington, I think it'll be a good transition. They're not going to be able to replicate what Bear, what, uh, what Nick Saban did. This <laughs> is what Bear Bryant did. But – I think you can probably see, uh, you know, maybe maybe Sarkeesian type success within the, you know, the next few years. But Sarkeesian Husker fans went five and seven his first year at Texas. Three years later, they're in the playoff. Mm. All right, and I think you might see that kind of success, um, you know, fairly soon for DeBoer because I think he can handle the situation. Bill, that's the uh, the rub here is, Kalen's brought his um, a lot of his staff with him everywhere and it's worked right it wasn't too big for them 
but you know how cutthroat the SEC is in, in recruiting, and everything they used to do is now legal now, allegedly. Yeah. So, State. so my question is this: Can they make that jump, or do you need to shake your staff up and get some SEC dudes? I, I don't know. I'm sure that's a conversation that he had with Greg Byrne that if he was going to take this job, that he needed to be able to bring his guys in and not have to rely on, well, you're going to be the head coach, but we all have these ties down here and you all need to be making sure that you keep these guys happy. <laughs> that might be the case where there are some people where, you know, DeBoer's not dumb thinking that I'm going to take this staff from Sioux Falls to Fresno to Seattle. and But I, I think if you can keep the core together, and um, bring in some guys that are that have some ties to the area, where 75% of your staff is is loyalty. And let's keep this in mind too. Staffs now, as we know in Nebraska, are what 50 people, yeah. right? What's Nebraska have? 39, 41, 42. It's the second biggest staff in the Big Ten. So they will have plenty of people with Alabama ties and influence that will be able to. Uh, remind uh, or let Kalen and company know exactly where they need to go and which fork to use with their gumbo, you know, if they're going to go down into the <laughs> Asian country or whatever they're going to, you know, do it you know, when they uh, eat their grits in Alabama. You know, they'll, they're, they're not going to be a bunch of my cousin Vinny's going down there, right? They'll have a few people that, uh, <laughs> that know how to handle the courtroom in the South. The Utes. Bill, I'm going to give you a moment here if you'd like. Would you like to take a victory lap on your, your take last week that you made saying maybe it's time for a, a notable name in college football to retire and, and become the next czar of college football? You can take a victory lap for that here today? Brother, I'm always on a victory lap. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever I hear 5 o'clock on Friday is then they show is just freaking brilliant. But uh... <laughs> It's on loop. <laughs> I just didn't have a cigar for the for the show because Shaggy's smoking all my cigars because it's his seventh birthday today, so oh, I, I, I didn't get one. But um, no, I, I I just had a, a feeling that you know that this was going to be the, the 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 best opportunity, a perfect time for Nick Saban. And I didn't say Nick Saban, but that's just kind of the feeling that you have was that this might be it for him. There had been speculation throughout the year, but. They're talking about him going to ESPN, and okay, that's all well and good. But if I'm Charlie Baker, and I should be running the NCAA, I'm calling Nick Saban right now because if I want the NCAA to maintain any relevance in the uh, the next superpower or iteration of college football, then Charlie Baker is is promoting, and they're talking about in these weeks right now about where college football is going to go. If I'm Baker, I am trying to get Nick Saban on board with me side by side so that I can get all of college football, the power brokers, the TV people, because they all covet Nick Saban, athletic directors, school presidents who have screwed this thing up so badly, and coaches, and I think players would even, because we know there's going to be a players association probably within the next decade, right? That's the next going to happen. People don't understand that this has been in the works, that there's going to be a players' union at some point. But I think Nick Saban at 72 still has the energy to do that, that he could be the guy who would kind of save college football, maybe from itself, maybe from the NCAA, and unite that. And and I just felt last week that that'd be, he'd be the perfect guy. But if I'm Charlie Baker, I want Nick Saban right next to me trying to save 
the sport for the future because right now it's a mess. Bill, I want to switch it over to the hardwood here real quick. Tuesday night, where does that rank for you out of all the Husker basketball games that you've seen, and how does this team avoid the hangover effect here tonight? That's the big. That's the the really big question. Is is tonight's game? No question about it. Um, I, you know, I, again on on average, Joe, I I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. I thought that the win over Indiana was the best team performance I'd seen at Pinnacle Bank Arena by a Nebraska basketball team because they were just so locked in with their responsibilities uh, and their duty and their discipline and playing their roles so well. And they they knocked off Indiana by 16. And, and what they did to Purdue uh, took it to another level. That's the best team performance by Nebraska in the Pinnacle Bank Arena era. Because again, they're locked in on what Fred Hoiberg has asked each one of those guys to do in playing their role and playing in a, and, and giving them each player an important part in what they're doing. They've got like nine guys averaging 14 minutes per game. And, and some of those role players, you know, Sam Hoiberg, he's an MVP. Uh, you know, the minutes that they get, they make the most of. And I thought Jawan Gary's dive on the floor in the first two minutes of the game to get a loose ball and preserve a, a possession with a timeout. I hate using timeouts in those situations. But just the, the act that he did in going after it at that moment in the game was the tone setter. Nebraska needs to do that tonight. Iowa's been off for almost a week. I think they last played on Saturday. They're going to be fresh. They're going to be at home. Maybe they're worried about the weather a little bit. I don't know. Um, but the fact that they've been off, does that knock them off stride? Because they've won four of their last five. This is a key moment for Nebraska basketball. Maybe they don't go on the win, on the road and win, but if they can fight and and make it close and make it competitive and and win, that'd be obviously that'd be the best thing. But this is just a key moment for this Nebraska basketball team to build on the plateau that I mentioned the other day. They've reached a plateau now to put a foundation on to continue to grow higher. And what they do tonight and how they come out and play is absolutely critical. Bill Dolman's with us, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, the professor with us, Hale Varsity Radio. So, uh, you know, Brandon's always looking out for the show, and there's about, I don't know, <laughs> a foot of drifted care package opportunity possibly around uh, Brandon's uh, front door. He wants to send you a care package. That'd be Bill? nice. Yeah, that'd be nice. I, I, I didn't. I was going to make the trek back today. But, uh, but you said, maybe no, patch the uh, suntan lotion. Yeah, Thought- yeah. Brave these sub-80 degree temperatures here. <laughs> Bill, the opportunity tonight for Nebraska wrestling. Got a couple of minutes left here, bud. And uh, Nash Hutmacher's got the buzz. There's always buzz with Nebraska and Iowa when they wrestle. Mark Manning's as good as it gets. What are you uh, looking forward to tonight beyond the polar bear? And, and of course, that matchup, uh, his... Uh, competitions uh, 12 and 4 but but not as seasoned uh, Nash has got a lot of wrestling under his belt but this will just be his second division one match now are they going with the football player too Iowa or are they going with the guy who's been on the wrestling I know they've got a football player that's been uh, dabbling on the wrestling mat but maybe after what the what transpired with that match with the Wyoming kid they decided we need to make sure we got our full-time guy out there look I I, I hope Nebraska fans uh, brave the elements, are safe. Maybe they're on their way now. 
I hear there's 4,500 tickets that have been sold and maybe a few more will be sold later. But, you know, Mark coming on your show, what was it yesterday or the day before? Saying, oh, yeah, Nash is going. You know, Mark understands the moment. He understands what, A, Nash can do on the mat. He understands what Nash and his presence can do for his team. I think, I think not only is the football team jacked about it, I think the wrestling team is fairly jacked about it. And wrestling is a sport where you don't get too high and you don't get too low, but I think he's provided them a spark. This team is 5-0 in duels, fourth in the country. You know, wrestling's unique because it gets down to the national championships and it's how well you do in your brackets. And, you know, Penn State's going to crush everybody and win the national title, and I will probably be, you know, wishing they could be close enough to make it competitive. But Nebraska's a top-five program this year, and this is just one of those chapters during the course of a season where you're really appreciative that it's come along. It's at home. It doesn't happen very often. And there's, what, half the matches, I think, are between top 15 ranked wrestlers. Nebraska's got a a number one ranked wrestler, what, 149, a couple guys ranked seventh, and a couple of thirds. I think it has the potential to be a really fun, special night, and I love the sport of wrestling. I love Mark Manning. And uh, if it comes down to heavyweight and that's the last match of the night, oh, my gosh. That, that, that might uh, that might knock the place down, and the polar bear would be one happy dude. Bill, we'll check in with you next week. Safe travels. Uh, make sure you get that uh, uh, UV-90 so you're safe down there. <laughs> All right. I'll come into Lincoln with some zinc oxide. Uh-huh. Dolman, <laughs> yeah. Dolman's been tanning. I like it. Bill, we appreciate you, brother. Safe uh, travels northward, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, Gil Big Red and Connor, I have been reviewing your grades, especially after that last comment earlier. Wow. Pride of oh, Fairberry. it's break. Come on. Bill Dolman <laughs> off the top rope. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back to you, Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. And uh, if you're making a way to Nebraska wrestling tonight, just do it safely and carefully uh, to the Bob Devaney Sports Center. We've covered a lot. Husker basketball tonight, 8.30 tip on BTN, minus four and a half Hawkeyes. And uh, we'll get to the Friday forecast here coming up here in about uh, 15 minutes or so. Klausbert will be with us. And uh, take more of your stream comments, 489-1240, can email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Guys, let's talk a little Nebraska football as the offseason is upon us. What a stellar week it's been for Nebraska football, not only with, with Nash, uh, pretty, pretty awesome for him. Uh, uh, you, you have uh, Nebraska killing it in the portal. They are on the uh, the hot pursuit of another uh, portal linebacker that is a pretty talented uh, would-be get for Nebraska football and uh, is a, a kid. Uh, uh, you have uh, Ticket Curtis, a linebacker, freshman, started eight games for USC. Uh, that's someone on Nebraska's radar as they're continuing to, to maybe add. That's not official yet. Uh, snow has caused some problems, possibly with uh, travel, and you know it's day one where coaches can get on on out on the road. So uh, Nebraska had intentions to go check out Alex, check in with Alex Mansky, uh, the uh, top target for them for the 2025 quarterback room from Algona, Iowa. So there's that to touch on. But when we look at the quarterback room and this 
winter conditioning that's set to get started. You get to spring and then beyond. Let's talk offensive side of the football. Nebraska in search of right now, RB1, wide receiver one, and quarterback one. Offensive line's pretty seasoned. Uh, Mizuka uh, has been added as a plug-and-play guy on the guard spot for Nebraska out of the portal, the Florida kid and former Baylor player. So right now, what what room do you feel best about with that progress? What room needs to make the biggest jump when we talk spring and beyond for Nebraska football? I, I like the names and I like the experience in the running back room. You just don't like the injury history in the running back room, I love the two additions with Banks and Nayor with a talented group of young wide receivers. I love that mixture. And then I think you have to be real honest about just what type of arm talent and work ethic and mentality you have in a guy like Riola. And, and also what kind of uh, competitor do you have in, in Danny Kalen? And a guy that also wants to be part of Nebraska in uh, a player like Heinrich Harburg. You've got more watering to do with him because his time in Nebraska has been so limited, fellas, with just getting an opportunity to go play and, and the toughness and, and team mindset he brings. So I feel best right now about the wide receiver room. I, I think the uh, immediate impact and talent level at quarterback is something that you can be – cautious of because it it is going to be a true freshman a true freshman or a quarterback that needs to make a jump in Harburg from a passing standpoint and then the running back room I would probably put third on that one two three list offensive lines always uh, going to be honestly most important for this football team on the offensive side of the ball but I think another year a third year with right with uh, with coach Donnie and some of the bodies they have now, the depth they've presumably developed, and these career starts they've compiled, I think uh, the best is yet to come for the offensive line. So I'm going to go out on a bold statement and say I feel really good about the offensive line with pass protection and running game. I think they'll be able to jump from that 200 yards rushing number if they want to go that route. And I think they're going to be a, a, a markedly better passing efficiency football team next year just because of the quarterback options they have. As it stands right now, my biggest question mark isn't on the offensive side of the ball. It's on the defensive side of the ball, that defensive back room. And that hasn't been a, a room that's been talked about a whole bunch here this offseason. But with Nebraska's transfer portal additions, you feel good about the wide receiver room. You feel, I think, good about the running back room. Even if Dowdell isn't that guy, you saw something from Emmett Johnson last year to at least think, you know what, this guy can can handle his own or can hold his own should he have to be RB1 next season. Offensive line room, you feel good about the development you saw there last year. Are they going to be a, a top three offensive line in the Big Ten next year? No, but they don't need to be. If you're middle of the road, you're good enough to get this team to a bowl game, get them to, to eight and four maybe. I look, though, at the defensive back room. Who's going to step up and, and fill the shoes of a guy in Quentin Newsom? I think you feel decent about Tommy Hill and what he brings. Who's going to fill Quentin Newsom's shoes? Is it going to be Dwight Boodle? Is he going to come back from injury? Is it going to be Malcolm Hartsock, who was pretty much just playing safety at the end of last season? You're not sure who's going to play that cornerback spot. And then who's going to fill the, the role of Omar Brown slash Thalen Sanford, both of those guys being off? Who's going to play that, that other safety role opposite Deshaun Singleton? Is it Marquise Buford, who... 
was uh, definitely getting his feet wet at the end of last year, mm-hmm. returning from injury. Maybe he's got a little more confidence. Yeah, Singleton. Corey Collier. I already mentioned Singleton. He, I'm, I'm, I'm writing him in as a starter for next year. You have two out of the four spots in that defensive back room filled with Tommy Hill and Deshaun Singleton. Who are the other two going to be? Those are the two biggest question marks in the team. I think you can pretty much make a starting 11 for both sides of the ball aside from those two spots. You have a comment here uh, in the stream. Scott checks in. It's always QB. If he doesn't produce, we will be bad. Brandon checks in and says, look, if uh, offensive line is only top priority because of the last 12 years, <laughs> well, it's not been vintage Nebraska. I'll go back and say the 2013 O-line was pretty damn good. But you're right, Brandon. It's You've had pros on that offensive line but you've not had a whole unit or a group. Uh, the standard hasn't been what it needs to be. Uh, bar-wise, uh, we need to get to one here, but uh, the, the bar we're, we're setting and the computer just died. All right. Yeehaw. Um, the, the bar is, listen, guys, it's going to be a build year, okay, again. And, and what does that build look like in year two? Is it that jump to what Rule's done in year three or year four? Because he had his second season record at previous stops year one. Well, I mean, if you're just setting a, a win total, pretend we're Vegas here, I think you probably set it at eight flat. I think so. Eight flat. They'll give the hook number. somewhere. It'll be seven and a half, eight, eight and a half. It'll be that range. Just seven and a half, probably. Seven and a half feels low to me, though, with how good that defense was last year, bringing in the top quarterback in the country, some important transfer portal pieces offensively. Like, I think seven wins for a greater Husker Nation next year. Yeah, you make a bowl game. You make a crappy bowl game that we've seen this year nobody really cares about. But there's your under. It's an under. No one feel happy about it. Seven and a half just feels so low. I feel like there'd be at least juice on the over, as uh, we welcome Schmitty in here, back again. So Schmitty, tell us a story here. Why are you uh, streaming it on your phone here today? Um, because my computer died, and when the computer dies, it's uh, fascinating. I don't know why this damn thing is. I've got it turned off, and the mic's turned off. It's Sorry, the, it's the snow's fault. It's the Blair Witch portion of the show yeah um no i left my power cord at home mm. yeah so i just come in and grab your apple you get you I've, I've had this laptop ready for you i mean at this point we're so close to the end of the show you might just keep it on the phone is your phone gonna die too uh not quite but i'm hearing echo 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 well, we don't hear it oh well that's wonderful okay moving forward i like your defensive back call Connor, do you have a position group that you're leaning with? I'll I'll still go with offensive line, and I know that's kind of a basic answer, but I'm I just sorry. want to see them take one more step forward next year. They were certainly better this year than they were um, the season prior, but I feel like if they're able to take one more step forward, you can really feel solid about that group and what you're able to do with that group offensively, maybe try and – get that run game going again maybe that you know helps with the injury problems that you've had if you have uh, you know obviously better blockers in front of you and that opens up the passing game too i mean if all intents and purposes dylan riola is going to be your starter you got to give your true freshman quarterback 
that time to make some plays. So I'd like to see that group take a smaller step forward as well. I think Elijah's answer with the defensive backs is also an intriguing one as we get closer to fall or excuse me, spring ball. Uh, but overall, yeah, I would like to see this offensive line just take one more step forward and then I'll feel really good about that. Running back. Well, we're getting a lot of comments in here. Anonymous chimes and he's the, the one I'm going to highlight. It's not the, the only person to say this. So he says quarterback is the weakest position right now. It's most unproven. I don't think I can call it the weakest position group, though. I, I know Dylan Rylo's unproven, but where else in this team do you have the number one player in the country? You don't. How does that number one player in the country transition, though, as a true freshman? It's the uncertainty that prompts the word weakest. Weakest might, might, it, there might be the most question marks around the quarterback position. I think that's fair to say. I think it is completely off base to call quarterback the weakest position group on the team right now because you only need one. You only need one guy. Heiner Carberg, with some development, could he be better next year if Dylan Ryle isn't what he proves yes. to be? Maybe. The fact probably. that you just said we only need one guy and it took him three and they still didn't find it last year makes that all more concerning. Well, they didn't have a guy last year, but you just I need know. one. I'm just saying in perspective. Well, do they kind of iron out some issues, not only with uh, the running game, the offensive line, the quarterback ineptitude from a play-calling standpoint? I mean, how much help is around that quarterback room this spring and beyond? That's the other key to this. You've got a amazing talent on paper making his way to Lincoln. Uh, how much do you coach that up? And then that's the domino. The offensive line's a line of dominoes for sure. But if you get a running game uh, to help your true freshman quarterback, if you get a kid that's a true freshman but can make some throws – in the scope of this offense with uh, your your two portal wideouts and then a young group of guys that are super athletic and talented, it could come together in a fashion where you're scoring a touchdown or or 10 points. I think that's that's a monster jump, but that's probably the goal. You need to be putting up four touchdowns a game uh, next season with that schedule, and then your defense got to be as good or better than it was last season. Let me just use this as an example. Alabama football, you go back a couple of years, strong running game, strong offensive line, strong wide receivers, made Mac Jones statistically look like the best quarterback in America. Was Mac Jones the best quarterback in America? Far from it. Mac had the most around him to make him look really, really good. And that's kind of the point I'm getting at here is is the play of the quarterback is deeper than just who is your quarterback. That being said, I, I agree with the take that there are question marks around the quarterback spot, but if you can have enough around Dylan Riola, you can make him look better than a, a freshman quarterback sure. this season. Just uh, help the help the dude out. Forecast on the way. Clausburn back with us at Tail Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Hale Varsity Radio back with you, powered by Cornhead Lager. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. He is imaginary, and he wears red. We welcome Claus Byrne in for the first time in 2024. As Claus, you've been keeping an eye on things down in Tuscaloosa. How are you? Well, I'm doing okay. I was a little worried that you weren't going to call. Uh, apparently, it's a bad week for uh, elderly, legendary football figures, so I'm really glad that... Uh, you decided to have me on the program. Watching things go down uh, in Alabama, I'm a little nervous for Crimson Tide fans. I, if I could have given uh, Nick some advice, it would have been he probably should have just 
given the job to his running backs coach and gotten out of there. I mean, I know uh, Kalen is a good coach, and he was good at Sioux Falls and did good at Washington and was a <laughs> model tenant in O.J.'s guest house. But, wow. But I really, I, I'm old school saying this since 97, I just don't trust a member of the Byrne family to pick a football coach. <laughs> I think you ought to do it yourself. I, a lot of people say, you know, well, if they'd have let Bill Byrne pick the coach, it probably would have been Mac Brown, or they think it would have been Bob Stoops. But I figured probably would have just been whoever the Michigan State coach was at the time. And Lord knows that never worked out for anybody. So I think I handled it the right way, and I hope for Crimson Tide fans that things go well for them too. Well played, Claus, with that uh, that lineage. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, Kalen uh, on his way down to Titletown, and you went Cato on us. I, I... <laughs> oh, the, the guest house reference. Let's get into the forecast, yeah, that, that one we? flew over my head just a little bit. Cato uh, Kalen was the guy that said, yeah, I just heard all this Bunch of noise and a few screams, and he was living in O.J.'s guest house the infamous night. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. That, that's making sense now. Claus, I got it, but you and I are old. Well, we have Wikipedia now, so it's really not an excuse for the rest of the staff, but it is Q1, so their brains probably haven't started firing on all cylinders just yet. Let's hit uh, the forecast here as we'll start off with uh, we've got. I, I sent scores and games. We have NFL picks to make, and then Nebraska Iowa. Oh, I'm I'm well aware. I just realized that I don't have a Friday forecast sound effect ready. So give me two seconds on that okay. while you guys get going. Well, we'll start off here. Cleveland minus one and a half. Texans. I love this quarterback battle. Uh, give me the experience, uh, and that is Cleveland. They're not far removed from an AFC Championship game. I think Miles Garrett, the defense, Mr. Flacco is. Uh, going to do work. I really like the Texans and C.J. Stroud, but not this time. Give me Cleveland 23-20 uh, over. The Texans uh, will go to you, Connor. What do you like here, Cleveland or the Texans? As much fun as it's been watching C.J. Stroud play this year, I'm going to go with Cleveland as well because it's even more fun seeing Joe Flacco come off of his couch and dominate the NFL. So I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns this weekend. Give me Cleveland 27 to 20 over the Houston Texans. Elijah, what do you like? Taking the Texans outright. I think uh, in the playoffs, sometimes you have to go with the better quarterback, especially in a dome. So I think CJ Stroud's better than Joe Flacco. Texans win 24 21. Claus, you going Texans or Browns? Well, I'm, I'm going to go with the Browns in this one. As we mentioned, it's been a weird week for. Uh, elderly football folks, of course, Bill Belichick out at 71, Pete Carroll out at 72, Nick Saban out at 72. But I think Joe Flacco proves that septuagenarians can still make an impact on the game. So I'm going to take Cleveland in this one, 21, and the Texans, 17. Miami at Kansas City, Chiefs minus four. The Chiefs have been in a funk a lot of the season. Miami and uh, the Dolphins don't do sub-zero wind chill. Give me Kansas City uh, 27 and the Dolphins 17. 
Uh, give me the Chiefs by 10. Uh, Elijah, what do you say? Uh, I will say I will never pick the Chiefs in a postseason game, especially <laughs> with how their offense has been playing this year, despite the wind chill, despite the cold. I think Mike McDaniel's a great offensive mind, and uh, I think the Dolphins have too much of a talent advantage offensively. I think it's lower scoring than maybe some people expect, but the Dolphins get it done 20-14. to 14. Connor. The Dolphins can't beat a good team away from home, or really a good team at all this year for that matter, at least from what I've watched. I'm going to go with Kansas City at home. The spread is warmer than the temperature is going to be at kickoff. Give me the Chiefs 24-17. Claus Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. Where are you going? Well, I understand that uh, ticket prices on the secondary market are rather low, so maybe some of the listeners who are a part of Chiefs Kingdom will want to head down there. Of course, I encourage you to bundle up and stay warm. And I think probably the best way to do that, uh, in addition to your Long Johns and Carhartts, would be to do what Andy Reid does every day of the year and keep a couple of warm foil-wrapped hot dogs in each pocket. I think that'll probably <laughs> that'll probably help with the heat. So go down there, enjoy the game, and watch the Chiefs win 21 and the Dolphins 10. Uh, to Sunday we go, Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Bills minus nine and a half, allegedly at Buffalo. Uh, I like uh, Buffalo here to win, but I like Pittsburgh to cover. And uh, depending on the venue of this thing, if it stays in Buffalo with feet of snow, you know, going to be a low score. That nine and a half is way high. Uh, if they move it, just strike this from the tape. Mr. Nixon, thank you. Uh, Buffalo 17, Pittsburgh 9. Uh, the Bills move on. Elijah. Uh, I have Buffalo winning this game. I do not have them covering. Uh, I think if uh, anybody is losing here, it is America having to watch this game in the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. <laughs> 21-13, to 13, though. The Bills take down the Steelers. They win, but no cover for the Bills. Connor, what's happening? I'm going to go with the Bills with a uh, near cover. They're going to go 21-10 over the Steelers at home. That is the cover. Yeah. yeah. Cover. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. You're fine. I'm at a close one. Okay. Claus, what happens here? Well, I, I really haven't watched a lot of Pittsburgh games this year, and so <clears throat> I tried to watch some film of their offense and see uh, kind of what the deal was, but I accidentally watched a couple games worth of Iowa films. And I really don't think it made a whole lot of difference. I don't think they can get more than six, and so that's where I'm going to put it, Buffalo 17 and the Pittsburgh Hawkeyes 6. Mm. <laughs> Packers go. are at the Cowboys minus seven. Big D, and I love what Green Bay's been doing. Uh, I just think Dallas is too much and too much at home. Uh, Thirty-eight to twenty-four, Dallas the win in cover. Elijah, thirty-one to twenty, the uh, Tex or the, excuse me, the Cowboys get the win. I'm going to be rooting for the Packers. My roommate's a big Packers fan, but I'm going to bet with my head here, not my heart. Connor. I'm going to go Dallas in this game. I'm going to go 28-21. And as a wise man once said, Green Bay sucks. Claus, what's uh, the word here? Well, I think it's ironic. Now, I know he coached there, but Mike McCarthy is probably the most emblematic or stereotypical Wisconsinite you could ever imagine. He's rather rotund, looks a little slovenly, doesn't dress too well, got kind of a day-growth beard, and Claus, I got exactly I got to stop you. Claus, I got to stop you. We're up against a hard break. We'll reset with you in a moment. Okay, my apologies. Okay. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
Yep, that was my fault. We were up against the shot clock. Friday forecast continues. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. The uh, Imaginarian wears red. Clausburn. Claus, it's Dallas minus seven. Green Bay, I am sorry to step on your toes there. Well, as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted by capitalism. (laughs) (sighs) It's it's ironic. Mike McCarthy, of course, he was a former Packers coach, and he's a coach at Dallas now, but he's really emblematic of what I picture when I think of a Wisconsinite, Packer fan, Badger fan, what have you. Rather large, slovenly, not well-dressed. Looks like he puts back about a case of hams every night with a day-growth beard, and that's honestly exactly what I picture when I think of Packer fans, and their husbands really are about the same. So (laughs) he may look like a Wisconsinite, but I think he's a little bit better. I think the Cowboys get the win 35 in Green Bay 20. Lions, Rams, special teams cost the Rams. Lions by a touchdown, 27 to 20. Elijah. Lions fans, you get to see your team in the postseason. I don't think you see any more, though. The Rams and Matthew Stafford playing in a dome. They got the better quarterback. I think that means something. I got to uh, take the, the Lions, excuse me, the Rams to win this one by a final score of 31 to 24. Connor. Oh, that's my bad, Connor. I muted you. Reset. Oh, no worries. I, I said this is paining me to do this, but I'm going to go Lions winning this game. It's going to be a good one. I'm going to go Detroit 28 and LA 24. Claus, what do you say? I don't know what it is about head football coaches in Michigan that just seem kind of shysty. Of course, you had Mel Tucker and his deal, Jim Harbaugh stealing signs and buying kids hamburgers, and then Dan Campbell. I'm not even talking about that weird play they tried to run in Dallas. I mean, this guy (laughs) just looks like he's going to upsell you on an extended warranty and a martinization on a used F-150, and no one even knows what martinizing is, so... I'm a little bit leery of him, but I think the Lions are a better team, and I think they win this 121 and Los Angeles 17. We're down to 90 seconds. We got to do Nebraska and Iowa. Hawkeyes minus four and a half. I will uh, pick Iowa. Forgive me. Uh, Iowa 78, Nebraska 72. Elijah. Nebraska outright. They go on the road. Not going to be a raucous venue at Carver Hawkeye like it usually is. Give me Nebraska 85, Iowa 80. Connor. I got the Huskers on the road here too. Big time bounce back game from Purdue as well. They avoid the hangover. Nebraska 81 and Iowa 76. Claws about 45 seconds. What say you? Is, is Fran McCaffrey still a head coach at Iowa? He is. Yes. Well, I, I just can't pick a team to win that's coached by a guy who looks like the HOA board member who will try to file a violation if your walk isn't scooped by 6 a.m. on the day after a big snow. So I'm going to take Nebraska 75 and Iowa 68. All right, Claus, uh, almost a sweep except for me being the sore thumb. Claus, you take care. Behave yourself. Okay. There he is. Good to hear from Claus. A little Saban commentary. Weekend edition tomorrow morning, 745. 
on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Elijah, be good. Connor, thanks. Chris Schmidt back tomorrow with the weekend edition on Hale Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager. A Huda Media Production.